This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello everyone and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host Josh and today's game will be pitting Benchwarmer Marcus with one-time host and first-time player Hugh Gitlin versus Benchwarmer Mason and returning player and assistant coach to our Patreon team, Trevor Hogue. Hugh, please take a minute to remind us about yourself. Well, I live in Mendota Heights, Minnesota. I'm an accountant and part-time actor and improv guy, so that's about, that's about it. Oh, and by the time you hear this, my sister will have a new kidney. Nice. Well, Yay. congratulations to your Congrats. sister. And Trevor, give us a reminder. Yeah, we've been on a bunch, but you know, still, some people might not remember exactly who you are. Yeah, I was trying to count. I think this might be my fifth time. I think this might be my fifth time. So you were first five timer. I think I may be. Uh, we'll have to double check that. But you uh, have to check the tapes on that, folks. But uh, yeah, my name is Trevor. Uh, I'm originally from Wisconsin, now living in Kansas City. Uh, just met up with uh, Nordy, uh, Eric, and Eric Walling, and john just a couple weeks ago so that was fun to meet some bench warmer people for the first time in person that was a lot of fun uh but yeah i'm excited to be on for another recording these are always a good test you know what i think you're right i think this is your fifth i think you are our first five hey. time uh, your smoking jacket is in the mail right <laughs> it's an honor well, now we're going to have people clamoring to to get there and join you. <laughs> I don't think it's anything as special about me. I think it's just the fact that I'm constantly available. <laughs> like, need a person? Yeah. Hey, the best ability is availability. That's what they say. Absolutely. That is what they say. Well, welcome back to the bench, gentlemen. Marcus, how you doing? And let us know what your and Hughes team name is going to be. Oh, man. It's a beautiful day. I don't think there's a better day than a beautiful sunny almost 80 degrees here in washington state it's very nice out super excited about the weather changing and uh got to see my west coast eagles just put a beating on the collingwood magpies so eric Ede and neil fisher you guys suck um but that being said hugh and i's team name because a rod just became an part owner of the minnesota timberwolves and of course, the rumors about relocation are flying, but even though we agree that it's not going to happen, uh, we are going to be the Timbersonics. Uh, where am I at again? Oh, yeah. Mason, how are you doing? Doing okay. Good, good. Well, you can expound upon that and let us know what your and Trevor's team name is going to be. Yeah, so uh, changing up the strategy a little bit, I am wearing shades for this podcast because um, of a light that's about to blind me, but it's the only way the room actually is somewhat visible. Um, but hopefully it won't give away my either expressions of joy or sadness, depending on the questions. Uh, hopefully bluffing might be helpful a little bit more today with that. Um, and our team name is based on our fandoms, kind of a merge of those. So our team name is going to be the Bayou Badgers. All right. So we have the Timbersonics versus the Bayou Badgers, not to be confused with the Honey Badger. That's right. All of you listening, Mason looks like he's in the witness protection program. Like I'm concerned <laughs> yeah. for him right now. I mean, everyone thinks that I am anyway. I'm always <laughs> hiding different locations. It fits with the theme. He's trying not to get kidnapped even more today. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick it over to Dan for the rules. We 
will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. It's time for the tailgate, consisting of three warm-up questions worth 10 points each. Today's tailgate is all about current events. Question one, on April 11th, 2021, who won the Masters Tournament? Yeah, we could check in. All right, the Timbersonics have checked in. By you Badgers, you guys can talk it out. Mason, last is the last name Matsuyama? Yeah, that's, uh, he's, if I remember, he was the, yeah, he's the first uh, Japanese-born player, I think, to win a, a major, if I remember correctly. He almost lost it, but yeah, he ended up pulling it out at the end. I'm almost surprised he hasn't won one yet just because he's been around for so long and good for so long. But yeah, so let's, let's check in with uh, Hideki Matsuyama. All right, and Timbersonics, what do you guys got? Uh, yeah, we agree that it's Hideki Matsuyama, and Mason is correct. He did try very hard to give that tournament away. So yes, uh, Hideki Matsuyama. Both teams are getting points. The correct answer is Hideki Matsuyama. He finished 10 under par and beat Will Zelatoris by one stroke. Becoming, as Mason said, the first Japanese golfer to win a men's major golf championship. Question two in the tailgate. On February 14th, 2021, what driver won the Daytona 500, his first NASCAR Cup Series win? We'll check in. All right, the Timbersonics have checked in. Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. It's not much here. I can name some guys, but all of them that I can think of, I'm pretty sure of either one, one or have always been kind of in there. So I'm thinking this is going to be someone newer, Yeah, but I don't like my chances of getting this for similar reasons that if, if there's names, I know they've won before. Yeah. I can think of guys, but not winning for their first time. So yeah, I don't see much. I don't, I don't see much point in dragging it out too long. Yeah. We can, we could always go with a, a famous NASCAR last name and hope for the best because there's, like four wall trips. So we could hope that one of their sons did it again um, or something else like that. I doubt it's a wall trip, but I feel like that would, would be memorable, but should we go with a lucky, a lucky, lucky Johnson, lucky Johnson, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson's brother. Probably <laughs> <in> one <laughs> yeah, sure. Johnson's fine. Okay. We'll check in with Johnson. All right. Timber Sonics. What do you guys have? Well, um, you and I's conversation was we have no idea but I did have some context but it was I just wasn't going to pull the name so I did watch the Daytona 500 and what we're checking in with I'll just tell you what we're checking in with because I know it's wrong we're checking in with Denny Hamlin because Denny Hamlin was leading for most of this race and there was a huge crash at the end and they just declared this guy the winner, and I just could not remember his name. So we're checking in with Denny Hamlin, but it's some random. No points will be awarded for this question. Um, if I had said that uh, his last name is the same name as the fast food restaurant in Coming to America, would that help anybody out? McDowell? McDowell. Michael McDowell oh, is the answer. that's it. Oh, my wow. God. And he's not a young guy. 
He's been in NASCAR for 14 years. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> Never heard of him. Must not be very good otherwise. Yeah, and he w- and he won because of the crash. Like he didn't even. Yes, so he won his first career NASCAR Cup Series race after Team Penske teammates Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski wrecked, battling for the lead for the final lap. If I'm Mr. McDowell, I don't care how I get the day- the win. Oh hell no! Just give, oh. me, just give me the title. You take the W. You take the W. Right. Classic one hit wonder right there. All right, moving on to question three. In February of 2021, what two tennis players won the Australian Open singles titles? I agree. Okay, we check in. Okay, Timbersonics have checked in. Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. Okay, Mason, I sent you. I think I think Naomi Osaka is one of them. I think you're right about Osaka. Fortunately, the male. I wonder if it's like a, I don't know if it's a bigger name or if this is going to be another Michael McDowell situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, when in doubt, you just say Novak Djokovic and you move on. Yeah, I, that's what I was leaning towards because for the Australian, he's usually pretty good. That's true. Because I would, I would, I pay attention to tennis. I, I, at least I think so. Then you should know the answer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I deserve that. I'm, I'm fine with Djokovic and Osaka because, I, like I said, I feel like if it was someone other than Djokovic, maybe it would have gotten more press. I think it's dumb to go for anyone other than Djokovic because I don't know, but it probably is. Okay, so let's let's check in with Novak Djokovic and Naomi Osaka. Okay, and Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? Uh, Naomi Osaka and Novak Jol. Oh, I spelled Jolovich, but it's Djokovic. Uh, yeah, Djokovic <laughs> did win. Uh, he just cruised through the through through that tournament. It's like no one really threatened him. Is Wayne Brady gonna have to Djokovic? Oh, <laughs> Every time. <laughs> uh, in this case, it would be very stupid to pick anybody except Djokovic for the Australian Open because he did win it along with Naomi Osaka. So both teams will be getting points. Uh, Djokovic defeated um, Daniil Medvedev for his ninth Australian Open title. And Osaka defeated Jennifer Brady for her second Australian Open title. Well done. Heading into the first quarter, we have a score of Timber Sonics 20 and Bayou Badgers also 20. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmer swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmerstp. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be Sporting Haikus. Sporting Haikus. For this quarter, there will be five questions in haiku form. Each question is worth 20 points. Question number one. Charlie Hustle did reach 4,000 hit milestone with this NL team. Uh, I think we'll check in. Okay, Timber Sonics have checked in. Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. Wondering how trick of a question this is. I mean, red seems too obvious. I mean, it's not a trick question. It's one of the teams you played for. <laughs> well, I know, but like... 
as far as like thinking about teams he would have done it with, I just don't remember where he kind of ended his career. I don't either. My only other inkling besides Reds, I want to say he played for the Expos, but I don't know when in the the arc of his career that happened. I might be way off on that. The thing I keep thinking is if it, if it's if it's Reds and we don't go with Reds, we look stupid. <laughs> and that's my that's, that's my goal in life is just not look stupid. Really, that's why I, I wake up every day at telling myself to not look stupid. That's a great life motto, just in, in general. Doesn't work half the time, but <laughs> I do it. Do you want to try Expos? And I guess, but I mean, I I just if we look foolish, we look foolish. Okay, so we'll we'll check in with the Montreal Expos. Hey, and Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? Well, after uh, he left the Reds to go to the Phillies, he won the World Series in 1980 with the Phillies. Then he went to the Expos. The only que- that's what we said. The Expos. The only thing I, you know, as I was thinking, he ended with the Reds again before he came became manager. He was player manager for a year, but I think it was in Montreal where he got his four thousand. So we went with the Montreal Expos. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is indeed the Montreal Expos. Great job, Mason. So Rose reached four thousand in nineteen eighty four before being traded to Cincinnati late in the season for his second stint with the Reds. Uh, He passed Ty Cobb during the 1985 season and retired after the 1986 season. Okay, moving on to question two. Not father and son, both one most improved player, name both B-ballers. I mean, those could literally be anybody. It could be one dude that's like sitting on the bench and then he gets 10 points per game and like, bam, most approved. So I hate how they dish out this award. That's why I was going to say something. It's yeah. I feel like that too often they give it to a guy that's already good. He just made like a leap and I'm like, yeah, but we know that guy's really good. It just to me improved is like you got to reach for somebody that's was considered like a not good player. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, performing at a high level i don't i don't like it when like the number two overall pick (laughs) has like a (laughs) okay season and then the next year he makes a big leap like everybody expects him to and he gets most improved anyways yeah do you want to do that let's try it why not sure all right we're gonna check in okay timber sonics have checked in bayou badge you guys can talk it out i'm trying to rack my brain for players to share last names with other players yeah, because that's what I'm thinking the not father-son thing means. It's two players that have the same last name that they both won the award. I know on a previous episode, we talked about the fact that I think in the question is like a father-son to do something. And the answer is like David and Clay Thompson, but they're not father-son. And so I'm wondering if that's a reference to that, which would be kind of weird because it was like one question in one game that we mentioned that. And I don't even know if either of them won the award, but that's a set of names <laughs> that share last name. That, at this point, that's a set of names we have that we don't have any other names besides that. Yeah. So again, it's, it's, it's names. It's names you threw out. I'm I'm willing to go with it. Okay. I I, I don't feel even remotely confident, but uh, we're gonna go ahead. I, neither do I. But yeah, we'll go ahead and check in with David and Clay Thompson. All right, and Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? Uh, I like your guys' answer way better than ours. We kind of had the same the same thought in our head was, is this, could it be two guys that have the same name? Could it be, you know, I, I, I think I was on that for way too long. Um, and 
I was just thinking about generic names and I said, oh, Josh Smith, when he was in Atlanta, Jay Smoove, I think he won. And I threw it to Hugh and I said, I know Joe Smith was never lived up to his draft spot, but could he have maybe won? So we just ended up going with Joe Smith and Josh Smith. Unfortunately, no points will be awarded for this question. I'm assuming that both of these people are also not related to Marcus. The correct answers are Dale Ellis and Monte Ellis. Wow. Mm. (laughs) That's so upsetting. That's so upsetting on so many levels. Not only does it share your last name, one of them, Supersonic. Yeah, and I have the jersey of the other one. (laughs) Oh, in, ar- in arm's reach. In arm's reach of me. I'm looking so, at so Dale won in 87 with the Supersonics and Monte won with the Warriors in 07. I think uh, neither of them really fit the criteria Marcus was going to complain about. I think they both were legitimately I agree. most I agree. improved mm-hmm. for their year. Yes. Dale Ellis popped into my head because he was a Sonic, and then I just dismissed it because I was like, Ellis is too... And if I just would have thought about it for a half a second more, I I probably would have said that, but that sucks. I hate that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to recover from this, Hugh. You're going to have to carry me. Oh, oh, God. All right. Well, let's try question number three. He went undrafted. 2010 Hall of Famer. Chased chicken Brett Favre. We check in. Okay. Timbersonics have checked in. Buy you badges. You guys can talk it out. I have an initial reaction. I, I'm not going to say anything first because, I mean, obviously this is closer to you than me. Um, I do have an initial thought on this. Okay. Tell me your initial thought. I have an initial thought, too. We'll see if it matches up. I was thinking Michael Strahan. That was my initial thought as well. Because of the the sack at the end um, to set the record. Yeah, I'm on same train of thought. And that seems about right. 2010 Hall of Famer, I guess – well, yeah. hmm, I don't know yeah. now because, well, he was in the 07. Was he in the 07 Super Bowl for the Giants? I remember him being around for that time. So he wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer in 2010. That's the only thing that's now that's kind of making me question. And I don't know if he was undrafted. I have no idea. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think if there's any other. Darn it. I was feeling so good about Michael. I, f- I felt, yeah, I felt so good about that for the last line. Then you had to bring this logic into Because, <laughs> I mean, if they're a 2010 Hall of Famer, they would have had to retire at at least 2005 to make right. them the Hall of Famer. Right. right. And that's why I was like, the timeline just doesn't line up for that. So, any other players that chase down Brad Favre? There's, there, I mean, trying to think of some NFC North defensive ends from around that time, like someone like John Randall. That's that fits the mm, he retired in 05 or a little before that. Maybe I couldn't tell you he's a Hall of Famer. I, I would, I would think John Randall would be, but I don't know if he went undrafted. Yeah, yeah, I love the I love the Michael Strahan answer, but I just can't. I don't, it just doesn't fit that middle clue. The year that he would have retired, and Strahan's in the Hall of Fame, right? Or no, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think if he is. I, I can't place for sure on that. Yeah. I just, it feels kind of weird because, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah Strahan is, is almost like he's, he's known for that, that sack record with Favre. So it makes sense. But yeah, what's, what's, what's your gut here, Mason? I'm liking Randall a little bit more. Also know your host. 
situation, maybe. Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, I'm if you want to go with that, or if you feel a little bit better about any yeah, others. Yeah, let's, I pay. Let's 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 do John Randall. If it's if it's straight hand, straight hand. But let's let's uh, how about check in with John Randall? How about that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's check in with that. Or check in with John Randall. All right, Timber Sonics. What do you guys have? No, your host, number ninety-three himself, John Randall. Seahawks legend John Randall. The correct answer is John Randall. Uh, the Chase Chicken Brett Favre was a Nike commercial where he actually uh, goes and he sews up a little jersey, a little Brett Favre jersey, and he puts it on a chicken and he chases it around. It's hilarious. I need to see this. And he ends up, and he ends up cooking it at the end. It's so funny. I loved that commercial so much. I need to. I need to. As soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to look. Yes, I'm writing down Chicken John Randall. So please, I mean, your your logic on the stray hand was like, well, that's not a bad uh, way to go about it, but that's not what this is in reference to. I, the only way I picked that up was 2010 and putting the time frame together, because otherwise, I was locked in on that. So Strahan uh, is in the Hall of Fame. He was elected in 2014. Um, he was drafted in the second round. Hey, Strahan was. Um, Randall was a six time first team all pro led the league with 15 and a half sacks in 1997 and is tied for 10th with Richard Dent for career sacks, obviously only since 1982, um, with 137 and a half and got that last, he played three seasons for Seattle and he was originally only going to play one and Holmgren talked him into a couple more and he was still a very good player when, when he stepped away, he was still producing at a high level. All right, moving on to question four. Most recent hat trick, Colorado Avalanche, Stanley Cup Finals. There's no doubt if Ede were here, he would have checked in before I finished the question. He would have checked in like three times because he would have, as he started reading (laughs) things off, he would have been like, oh, it's this. Oh, wait, it's this. Oh, wait, it's this. (laughs) All right, we're going to check in. Hey, Timber Sonics have checked in. Once again, Bayou Badgers, you guys get to talk it out. Seems like there's a lot of Bayou Badgers talking about today. Yeah. You guys can check in first if you want. <laughs> it's a hockey question. I'd rather would not. Would love to, Marcus. Would love nothing more. Uh, I mean, I can I can name some some guys from when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, but I don't remember. If, 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 if you need to name some guys, that'll start us off on a good place. So, I mean, there's, there's Sackick, Forsberg. Lemieux, but now that I'm trying to think, it says most recent hat trick. So I'm trying to think, when did they make the Stanley Cup Finals? Did they make it recently? I don't remember them being in the finals recently, but that could not. That doesn't mean much. How do you, how do you understand this uh, beautiful piece of poetry? My understanding, it's the most recent player to get a hat trick for the Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know. I mean, if you want, I could reword it since it's five seven five. I could change it and have it be Stanley Cup Finals, Ooh. Colorado Avalanche, most recent hat trick. Okay, so with that, we name we name a guy from one of those Stanley Cup Finals teams and move on. Um, who's who is who is the big scorer from that time? Forsberg? <laughs> Question mark. I mean, Sacking and Forsberg were like the two main guys, but I don't know which one. I feel like Forsberg might have been scoring more from what I remember. Again, this is only because I had to do so much research to figure out questions to stump Eric and he went eight for eight on it. So amazing. Here's, here's what I propose. You have done the research. You choose the player and whoever you choose, I will support you hundred percent and we'll move on. 
probably the only time you're ever going to hear somebody defer to me for a hockey question on this podcast. Um, sorry, Ede. We're going to check in with Peter Forsberg. Hey, and Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? Well, it came down to those two, and we want the other one. We want Joe Sackett. Oh. Well, one team will be getting points. Uh, just to let you know, Mason, um, they did win the Cup in 01 as well, but there were no hat tricks in that Stanley Cup. The correct answer is Peter Forsberg. He scored this hat trick in game two of the 1996 Stanley Cup finals. I take, I tip my hat. Wow. I guess I had two names. So it was just picking the one I felt better about. Yeah. That was two names for, for me and picked the wrong one. (laughs) Moving on to question five in sporting haikus, zero wins thus far. The footy cellar dwellers, Geelong Cats, up next. Matt's going to like the plug. I feel like we talked about this not that long ago. I know that's the thing. Uh, less than less than 24 hours I, ago. That's what I'm saying. Lots of discussion. Give me a second. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> so, Trevor, have you, have you jumped on the AFL train at all? I have not as of yet, but uh, you're getting me closer to joining the train. Join the revolution. While I was, I was at work this morning, I thought maybe I should choose an AFL team. And I have never thought that before. So there you go. It's, uh, you know, it's really entertaining. It really is. Do we need both halves of this team name? <laughs> um, you can either give me their location name or their n- nickname. I would take either one. I, I think that's it, Hugh. Yep. Do you agree? Yep. Okay. Well, let's check in. Oh my gosh. That was killing me. All right. We're checking in. All right, Timber Sonics have checked in. Uh, Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. This is painful because I, I I'm trying to get there because I'm pretty sure Gold Coast beat the team that was in last place because it was like last and second to last, and Gold Coast like blew them out, and then they've been down there since. And I'm trying to remember. It's a direction. I want to say it's north something, but I don't remember which one it is. Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, North Melbourne, North Sydney, North, north Melbourne fits the best i think sydney's just sydney I'm, I'm thinking north melbourne makes sense it could be something else like i know there's a another directional one but i don't know if it's this one or not but again happy to go with whatever you want if you love more north melbourne we'll go with that yeah we'll check it with north melbourne all right and timber sonics what do you guys have oh my gosh mason why you keep doing this. You said direction, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I finally figured it out. So the way I got there is I remember laughing about this last night because North Melbourne, which I think is correct, is the Kangaroos. So we checked in with Kangaroos. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is the North Melbourne Kangaroos. North Melbourne. My flavor text is specifically for Marcus because one of their other nicknames is the shin boners uh, have been outscored 211 points to 491 points through the first first four rounds. Shin boners. There's a high school uh, in uh, called Lake Washington that's the Kangaroos for no reason, and it's in Kirkland, Washington, and nobody knows why. Like <laughs> you should refer to them as the shin boners from. Now I on. am from now on. They're the Lake Washington shin boners. All right, so after the first quarter, we have the following scores. Uh, Timbersonics have 80, and the Bayou Badgers have the lead with 100. 
Okay, moving on to the second quarter, which will be the odd one out. The odd one out. For this quarter, there will be five categorized questions containing lists of six items. The teams will attempt to choose the item from the list that does not fit the given category. Each question is worth 20 points. Question one. The first five schools to win multiple NCAA men's basketball championships. The options are Cincinnati, Indiana, Kentucky, Oklahoma A&M, also known as Oklahoma State, San Francisco, and UCLA. I'm good. I'm good with that, Hugh. We're going to check in. Okay. Timber Sonics have checked in. Bayou Badges, you guys can talk it out. So what I just sent to you, um, in a previous episode I was on that Hugh hosted, he asked, he asked about um, these early men's basketball champions. <clears throat> yeah, I, I do remember that. I'm trying to remember what I what we talked what was talked about for that. And the only thing I know for sure, Oklahoma A&M won, like, I think, back-to-back pretty early on. Yeah. Because there are a bunch of random winners really early. It was just like random schools you wouldn't think won a basketball championship did. And I think they won two. I think San Fr- I think San Francisco was at least won one during that time, during that early time, maybe in the 60s. Yeah, with Bill Russell. In the 50s, yeah. Uh, did you, you think UCLA won a couple during their dominant stretch? I mean, they won, I mean, that- they won so many games in a row. Yeah, well, yeah, they've won a lot of championships, but that started like the mid '60s. So I'm worried about if all of these other schools, because right. I mean, we're thinking about the championship started in the '40s. Kentucky won a lot with Rupp. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've won. Kentucky won one with Rupp. Um, Cincinnati with uh, Oscar Robertson was always pretty good. I think they might have won maybe two. I don't know for sure, but I, they were definitely good in the late '50s. Do you think so? We, are are you thinking kind of in between Indiana and UCLA? I think that that's where I might go. Yeah, I'm trying to think about Indiana early on. Yeah, I mean, if if we want to game theory this a little bit, UCLA seems like an obvious answer just because they've won so many. Yeah, but that didn't start until like you know the mid '60s, like '65 ish time. Yeah. So I'm I'm leaning towards UCLA just because of that. Yeah, because yeah. I don't. I feel like Indiana's. You don't think about Indiana being good that early on. Yeah. I mean, when did, when did UCLA's real run start? That's what, I'm yeah. I'm thinking it was like mid sixties to like the mid seventies. Yeah. That was there. Cause they won like 11 out of 13. I think if I remember correctly. Yeah. I'm good with that. We can check in with UCLA. If you are. Yeah. If you're that. Yeah. Let's check in with that. Okay. Hey, and Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? Well, you know, I've, looked all this stuff up uh, they all all the other the first five teams all won two before ucla won their first and it's ucla both teams will be getting points uh the correct answer is ucla uh oklahoma a&m won back they were the first they won back to back in 45 and 46 um kentucky also won back to back in 48 and 49 Indiana won their first in 40 and their second in 53. 
San Francisco won back-to-back um, in 55 and 56. No, 45 and 40. No, 55 and 56, sorry. Yeah. Russell. Um, and then Cincinnati won back-to-back in 61-62. So uh, UCLA didn't win their second until 1965. But yes, but then in that stretch, they won. They didn't win their first until 1963. So the, all the others had won two before. 64. 64 they won their first 64 65 yeah so they won two and then texas and we've had this as a question before that they won two texas western won one then they won one two three four five six seven in a row then north carolina state won one and then ucla won in 75 so you know good uh good job there guys you um you didn't fall for uh my ucla uh and then after that it doesn't happen again until like 82 or something like that for a team to have won their second so it's a, like a long stretch yeah. after 65 yeah nc state probably would have been one of those because of valvano yeah that crew all right question two in the odd one out uh, i have a list here for the five nfl players with the most career playoff all-purpose yards the options are darren sproles emmett smith Franco Harris, Jerry Rice, Julian Edelman, and Thurman Thomas. Okay, we'll go ahead and check in. All right, the Bayou Badgers have checked in. Timbersonics, you guys can talk it out. All right. So, all purpose includes kick and punt return yardage. Right. So that's why I think Sproles and Edelman are both definitely yeah i mean i mean edelman for sure because he's got he's got like the second most yards behind jerry rice as far as receiving yards in the so and like you said i i mean sproles to me is the one that seems the most out of place but the fact that he played for the saints for a few years uh he definitely had a couple like you said he had the long play for the chargers he had the game-winning touchdown for the chargers uh in a playoff game and plus, but Harris did have that one seventy-some yard play for the against the uh, Raiders too. So, yeah, um, I don't know how they scored that though. Weird, but anyways, one that carried it into the end zone. So right, he's so he's my one that I to me stands out because, like I said, they had Rocky Blyer, they had uh, John Frenchy Fuqua, they had other guys right to carry the ball that, to carry the ball right and. And when you think about, I mean, Lynn Swan made his career. I mean, he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> to be completely <laughs> honest, because sure. he sure. made he made the Hall of Fame because of what he did in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. they had John Stallworth. They threw the ball quite a bit, surprisingly, for that. They, they threw the ball more than most playoff teams did. Yeah, in that era. So um, I mean, if you think if you're comfortable with Harris, we'll go with Franco Harrison. Are you sure? Yeah, the because Sproul, you're, the more you talk about Sproles and his his kick returns and things like that, he he handled the ball a lot. He and ran, I, he caught passes. I mean, yeah, just a, it's except for the one pass against the Raiders, he didn't catch a lot of passes. Yeah, and Thurman Thomas was everything for that yeah. Bills offense. Yeah, he yeah. made that he made that offense go. Um, yeah, and obviously Jerry Rice. So yeah, I you want to check in with Franco Harris? Let's go with Franco Harris. All right, we're checking in Franco Harris. Okay, and Bayou Badgers, what do you guys have? So 
we started talking it out and the first two that we eliminated were Edelman and Harris. The only reason I thought Harris was just because in the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure he's the career record holder for um, rushing yards. And I figured he had a lot in a lot of those playoff runs. Um, we ended up between Sproles and Thomas. I know Sproles did a lot. It's just I couldn't see him having enough games to be up there just because for a lot of those San Diego teams, they kind of flamed out pretty early or earlier than normal. And New Orleans was okay, but not great when he was there. And he wasn't always the, he wasn't the primary guy. They had other running backs that took a lot of touches as well. Uh, so we checked in with Darren Sproles. Okay. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is Darren Sproles and Mason pretty much hit it on the head. Um, Sproles only had 12 playoff games. However, out of uh, the top 10, and actually of anybody who played at least 10 games, he has the highest yards per game average with 143. Um, So it went Jerry Rice, number one, Thurman Thomas, number two, Franco Harris, number three, Edelman, number four, and Emmett Smith, number five. Um, uh, To round out the 10, Marcus Allen, Tony Dorsett, Sproles, as we said, was eighth, Brian Mitchell, and then Roger Craig. Moving on to question three. Uh, I want you, I'm going to give you the, I'm looking for the uh, five pitchers to win the AL Cy Young Award from 2000 to 2004. So tell me who is the odd one out from Barry Zito, Bartolo Colon. Johan Santana, Pedro Martinez, Roger Clemens, and Roy Halliday. We're checking in. All right. Timbersonics have checked in. Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. Okay, Mason. So are we down? We in our in our list, we're down to who? Johan, Clemens, and Halliday? I think so. I'm pretty sure Zito and Cologne won in that time. I'm Zito. I'm more confident on. Yeah. I, I would think Pedro won one in there. I just, I can't remember the exact year that Clemens went. He was on the Astros and then the Yankees. I'm not, it's probably around that time frame, but. Where was Halliday in this time? Blue Jay, Blue Jays. He's a Blue Jay. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought so, but I wanted to make sure just because I, I was trying to think of all the teams he pitched for, and I, I yeah. couldn't. My gut, my gut here, Mason, is just is Clemens for the reason that I can be pretty sure that all the other guys were on AL teams during this time frame. I can't be sure of Roger Clemens. He might have been on the Astros at this point. That may be wrong logic, and maybe maybe fallible, but that's just where I would lean. I don't mind. I don't really have a strong thing for Johan. I just don't know when, I mean, I know he won one. I just don't know if it's in the frame, but I feel like of those Clemens just might fit out, might be out of it for that reason. So Johan could have been Oh five. Could have been. Yeah. It's going to be on that cusp. It's close. I just don't remember when. Yeah. Yeah. So are you fine with either one? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine if you feel better about Clemens. I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah, we'll just check in with Roger Clemens. Okay, and Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? Um, we kind of had a similar discussion. Um, and it was 
it really was tough to place Clemens. Um, we, uh, Hugh and I both agreed that we think that Clemens won when he was a Blue Jay, and we think that was in around like 97, 98, somewhere in that range. Um, and I don't think he won when he was with the Yankees. So, yeah, we just ended up basically with him in the time frame. We also checked in with Roger Clemens. Fortunately, no points will be awarded. Uh, the correct answer is Bartolo Colon. Um, Pedro won in 2000. Clemens in 2001 with the Yankees. Uh, Zito in 2002. Halliday in 03. And Santana in 04. We'll just move on to the next one. How does that sound? Yeah, I was pretty sure about Cologne. I'm kind of shocked by that. Uh, yeah, it was 05. So he was just one year, uh, one year out. Okay. So. I knew he won oh. with Cleveland. Uh, That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. trying to, like, I thought I was pretty sure it was actually in the range. It was with the Angels. With the Angels. He oh. didn't. He didn't win with Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> All right. Moving on to question four. I fear I broke Marcus. I'm not sure if it was the. The Ellis's question or just all of my questions. I don't know. They just don't seem to jive with Marcus. I don't know. Sorry, bud. Moving on to question four. The five teams that were recognized as NCAA Division I FBS champions in 1980. Yes, there were five different schools who were recognized as national champions. Uh, your choices are... Clemson, Florida State, Georgia, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Pittsburgh. All right, we're going to check in. Okay. Timber Sonics have checked in. Buy you badges. You guys can talk it out. Mason, uh, was Clemson good around this time? I don't know their history. I'm thinking yes, and the only reason I remember anything related to that is when Clemson started getting good in the last couple of years. They mentioned, like, I think it was the late 70s, early 80s, that they were a pretty decent team. They weren't, like, always, you know, they, I don't think they might have won a championship then, but they were always pretty good for that little stretch of time, and they kind of faded out, and they came back later. Okay. I, d I don't know if they – you know, we're co-champions in 1980, but I, that's about the time, like before the last, you know, 10 years or so that they were pretty good. Which way are you leaning here? I don't, I don't have much <sighs> or anything. My two gut reactions were Oklahoma and Georgia, Georgia. I know they haven't won in a long time. I just don't know. Yeah. They might not have ever won one, but they very well could have been like co-champions. Hello, listeners. This is the point where my computer decided to crash on me. The Bayou Badgers ended up checking in with Oklahoma. And Timbersonics, what do you guys have? Well, in 1980, uh, Florida State and Pittsburgh were still independents. I think Florida State didn't join the ACC until like 1982. So the only two teams that played head-to-head -head were Oklahoma and Nebraska, and I think Oklahoma won that game. So we're checking in with Nebraska. Unfortunately, no points will be awarded for this question. The correct answer is Clemson, who was the consensus champions in 1981. Uh, so in 1980, the consensus champion was the Herschel Walker-led Georgia Bulldogs. Um, 
1981, including Clemson, six teams were recognized as champions. <laughs> Everybody that was good was just like, so we, obviously we there, were, there were so many different entities that could give. Or, so or, or for giving out championships, you get a championship. Yes, yeah, so you, you get, get a championship. Oh, cha- <laughs> so, um, that, that, that was a tough one, but I thought it was interesting because really? So, okay. One let's, year. let's move on to question five. In the odd one out. Uh, so I want the last five unique countries to win the men's football, a.k.a. soccer, gold medal at the Summer Olympics. Your choices are Argentina, Brazil, Cameroon, Mexico, Nigeria, and Spain. That's where I'm at, but feels solid. Check it in. Okay. If you trust me on it, we'll go with it. We'll check in. All right. Bayou Badgers have checked in. Timber Sonics, you guys can talk it out. Anyone have a D12 on them? <laughs> uh, Hugh, you definitely would know more than me. I think I've I think I've watched next to none of summer Olympic soccer. And I and other than you know, Hugh threw out first. I know the two African countries won, and I agree with that. Yeah, I remember that being a a big deal. But other than that, I have, I have no idea. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's no rhyme or reason. So I was going, you know, who is good, and who has a lot of good young players that really burn out at the end and. I, I was thinking Mexico has always has some good good young players that really just flame out when they go to Europe or something like that. Besides, except for Chicharito, who played well in Europe. But uh, so I'm I'm go, I I was thinking Mexico might have won it. So I was thinking Spain because their young players always seem to develop into really good players, but they're always playing at the club level when they're that young. So they don't play on the U 23 national team. So that's why I was thinking Spain. Okay. I'm good with it. Spain. Okay. And by you badges, what'd you guys have? So I'm not usually a soccer nerd in any way, but we talked about this recently, as far as like the countries that won the most gold medals and Brazil, I think only won the one in 2016. And they might've won one early on, but they were kind of low on the list. And I looked at it not too long after that. I think Mexico won 2012, I want to say. Argentina had a back-to-back somewhere in there. And then I agree with Marcus. Cameroon and Nigeria were both like winners in the 90s-ish. And for some reason, I think Spain won in Barcelona in 92. And so with that timeline, Spain is the earliest out of them. So we went with Spain. And both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is Spain. Uh, Marcus, you, or Marcus, Mason, you pretty much nailed it on the head there. Brazil, 2016, Mexico, 2012, Argentina, back-to-back in 08 and 04, uh, Cameroon in 2000, and Nigeria in 96. And, yes, Spain did win in 92. Nice reasoning, guys. You guys got both, or, well, both teams got to the right answer. So after the second quarter, we have a score of 
Timber Sonics with 120, and Bayou Badgers still in the lead with 160. And that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. So today's halftime show will include a missing link that will allow each team to earn up to 50 bonus points. Uh, Theme guesses can be submitted after each question with the bonus point value decreasing by 10 points each question. So it's a little different than our standard. Okay, question one. What former Saturday Night Live cast member live tweeted events and posted videos of their reactions during the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio de Janeiro? We could check in. Okay, Tim Rusonics. With the answer. Okay, Tim Rusonics, I've checked in with the answer. Uh, Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. I didn't know Allen Iverson was on SNL. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so we're thinking about people that left within the last five yeah. years. Is uh, I'm trying to think if just throw out names. Is Jay Farrow still on SNL? No, that's okay. that's a possibility. Okay, uh, Leslie Jones was on SNL. She's. I think she's still there. I think she left. So that's. Ugh, there's a lot of good names there. Yeah, I. I mean, I'm fine with Leslie Jones. I think she's definitely has the kind of personality that would okay. you know be like hyping up teams in Rio. What so do you, what do you what do you prefer to like cuz you also like Bobby Moynihan Bobby Moynihan Leslie Jones I'm liking Leslie Jones more cuz I didn't I wasn't thinking about cuz she's not there anymore cuz she's hosting Supermarket Sweep and doing some other stuff. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I'm I think that's a I think at least that fits the kind of personality I would think would have to do something like this. So sure. All right. We'll check in with uh, Leslie Jones. Okay. And Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? When I think live tweeting of anything, former Saturday night cast member, there's only one person that does it and that she, no one does it better than Leslie Jones. Both teams are getting points. The correct answer is Leslie Jones, uh, and <laughs> she was such a hit during the 2016 Summer Olympics that NBC actually, well, actually during the 2016, they actually hired her to come out and do it like live there, and then they reprised the same thing in 2018 for the Winter Olympics. Uh, most recently, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It was oh, hilarious. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> Because it's a four-hour movie, so she's just going through it, and she's just, it was so funny. Okay, moving on to question two. What Oscar nominee voiced the characters of Clydesdale in 2005's Racing Stripes and Wolf in 2006's Air Buddies, but is better recognized for portraying Lucius Washington in Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby? We can check in. Timber Sonics have checked in. Uh, Bayou Badges, you guys can talk it out. Okay, the only thing I have, I'm pretty sure Lucius Washington is his, uh, is Ricky Bobby's manager kind of thing. He's the, I'm pretty sure, like the, I don't know what you call that, but like NASCAR coach. Like the one that's in his headphones speaking Yeah, the guy who's like 
over like oh, like overhead the team yeah like the team manager whatever it is but i like, cannot for the situation. life of me think of his name i can see his face i just i don't have any name for him i i don't know it i'm not gonna get it there's and there's, the, the other two don't help me <laughs> i yeah, don't never seen racing stripes or air buddies so i, I don't remember i just don't know this person go lucky johnson again i i don't think that's his last name but no, I. So we didn't. We did. We did Lucky Johnson last time. How about we just do a a Lucky Smith this time? And move there you on. go. Sounds good. We'll go Smith. Smith. Okay, and Timber Sonics. What do you guys have? Uh, yeah, I, the first two didn't help me at all. But uh, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, I'm yeah. pretty sure this is Michael Clark Duncan. Ah. <sighs> One team will be getting points. The correct answer is Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, in his final role before his death, Duncan played a boxing trainer in the movie The Challenger. One of my favorite things he ever did, so random, but he uh, they did a cutaway in Family Guy of wrong-sounding Muppets, and he was <laughs> Fozzie, and he walked up, and he goes, Waka Waka, who wants to hear a funny-ass joke? <laughs> All right, so the theme-linked answers thus far are Leslie Jones and Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, feel free to submit your guesses. So just to let you listeners know, both teams have already submitted correct uh, theme answers, but we'll get wow. to that at the end. Okay, moving on to question three. What mustachioed actor starred in the 1992 sports comedy film, Mr. Baseball? We'll check in. Okay, Timbersonics have checked in. Buy you badges. You guys can talk it out. Okay, so. And Mason, when I think mustachioed actor, I can't get my mind off Tom Selleck. That's what I was thinking. I just can't. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't know the movie. Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds? He, he would good. definitely be in a sports movie. That's good. That's 92. I'm trying to think, think which I like one that. Be... I think I like yeah. that better than Tom Selleck, actually. That's an answer. I don't know any Tom Selleck sports movies, so I feel like that would that would be something I would know. But yeah. he's, um, he's, he's been in other sports movies. So. Right. Both Longest Yards. Sure. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, those when I think of mustachioed <laughs> actors, those are the first two I'm thinking of. Yeah. So I, I, I like Burt Reynolds better just because he has sports movies in his background at some point. And he, yeah, so I'm fine with that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's check that in. All right, we'll, we'll check in with Burt Reynolds. Hey, and Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? Well, you should have gone with your first thought because Mr. Baseball, old guy going to J Japan for his final seasons, it is Tom Selleck. One Sorry. team will be getting points. The correct answer is Tom Selleck. He played Jack Elliott, an aging American baseball player who is unsuspectingly put on the trading block during spring training in 1992 by the New York Yankees in favor of rookie phenom first baseman Ricky Davis, played by Hall of Famer Frank Thomas. And there's only one taker. The Chinichi Dragons of Japan's Nippon Professional Baseball League. So he got <laughs> traded to Japan. All right. So for you listeners, the theme linked answers thus far 
are Leslie Jones, Michael Clark Duncan, and Tom Selleck. Moving on to question four. What two-time Oscar winner joined the video game Madden NFL 18 story mode long shot in which he played Cutter Wade, the father of protagonist Devin? Let's, uh, we're going to check in. Okay, the Timbersonics have checked in. Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. The only way I'm approaching this is trying to figure out something that fits the theme as well. Because right. I vaguely remember hearing about this. I just don't know it. Oh, wait. I know someone oh. who fits the theme and I think oh. might have won two Oscars. Okay. I'm all ears. Because I, I know it fits the theme. Mahershala Ali. Okay. Hey, that fit, it fits the theme. It fits the I, know, theme. I know that for a fact. And yeah. If it fits I'll the tell theme. you why. I'll tell you why later. But it fits the theme. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Great. I, I mean, he's I'm he's won at least one. I don't know if he's won two, but I was thinking about something yeah. that fits with both. I think that could be it. Yeah. So, if, it fit, if it fits the theme, and yeah, go for it. I, yeah, we'll check in Mahershala Ali. Okay, and Timpersonics, what do you guys have? Yeah, I did not know this because long shot mode is trash. Madden fix franchise mode, you chumps. Secondly, but I do, uh, well, and I did the same thing, Mason. I went through it from the theme and I wrote a question about this person. <laughs> and maybe that's how you knew it. I don't know. But uh, yeah, uh, we also checked in with uh, former uh, St. Mary's point guard, uh, Mahershala Ali. Green both, and moonlight. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is Mahershala Ali. And as Hugh just stated, uh, both of his act, both of his Oscars were for best performance by an actor in a supporting role for the movies Moonlight and Green Book. So uh, the theme maybe has been spoiled a bit, but nonetheless, listeners, the theme like dancers thus far are Leslie Jones, Michael Clark Duncan, Tom Selleck, and Mahershala Ali. Moving on to question five. What rapper starred as a fictional version of himself in a Nickelodeon show where his character plays basketball and raps in a band called Pieces of the Puzzle? We're going to check in. Yeah. Timbersonics have checked in. Uh, Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. Yeah. My first thought, and I remember this being a show on TV, I'm pretty sure... I don't know if he played basketball um, in this show. I'm pretty sure Lil Romeo had a show on Nickelodeon where he played a version of himself. The question is whether he fits the theme or not. I'm trying to think of anybody else that even remotely. Oh, no. I don't know. Because, I mean, if it's got to trying to think. We're thinking about a rapper who's on a Nickelodeon show, so we have to kind of fit the, the age of this rapper. I mean, well, Nickelodeon's been around for a long time, but you would think this is probably like, a 90s or maybe early 2000s venture like i said the only thing i can come up with is little romeo i know he had a show i I don't know if it was called little romeo or romeo but he had a show on nickelodeon for a while and i don't remember anything about it other than the fact that he had a show yeah i mean i don't know about his background i don't know never heard of pieces of the puzzle yeah i I mean in my mind i do connect little romeo with basketball So. so vaguely so sure let's, okay. let's let's check it in why not okay we'll check in low romeo mm-hmm. and timber sonics what do you guys have well 
thinking of the brother of the uh, Minnehaha Academy State Champions, uh, Romeo Miller, because Master P moved to Minneapolis to bring his other two kids to play with Suggs last year and Holmgren this year. So the answer is Romeo Miller. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is Lil Romeo Miller. So you could have given me Lil Romeo, Romeo, or Romeo Miller as acceptable answers. And his show was named Romeo exclamation point. Um, his, and as mentioned, his father, Master P, Percy Miller, had a contract with two different NBA teams in the late 1990s the Charlotte Hornets during the 1998 preseason and the Toronto Raptors in the 1999 preseason. However, he never made either any squads, regular season uh, roster. The theme linked dancers are Leslie Jones, Michael Clark, Duncan, Tom Selleck, Mahershala Ali, and Lil Romeo Miller. Once again, as I mentioned, both teams did submit successful theme guesses one of which came after the first question and the other came after the second question so timber sonics what was your theme guess uh they're all college basketball players. all were college basketball players and bayou badgers uh we were just shooting in the dark after question number two and i know that both michael clark duncan and leslie jones are tall so I said, I just shot over athletes that played sports in college, more specific basketballs. So we said uh, athletes, that's actors, entertainment people who played basketball in college. And that is the correct theme. Uh, actors who played basketball in college. Uh, Leslie Jones played for Chapman University as well as Colorado State. Michael Clark Duncan played uh, at a community college, but then also for Alcorn State for one season. Tom Selleck played at USC. As mentioned, Mahershala Ali played at St. Mary's. And Lil Romeo Miller also played at USC. So well done. Well done, guys. Uh, after halftime, we have the following scores. Uh, the Timber Sonics have taken the lead with 270 points. But the Bayou Badgers are not far behind at 260. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be pick and roll. Hey, we take for pick and roll. <laughs> we planned it all along. Pick and roll. For this quarter, there will be four lists containing 10 items. The team that is trailing coming into the quarter will choose the two lists they want, and the team winning coming into the quarter will receive the remaining two lists. If the team does not correctly identify all ten items from a list, the other team can attempt to finish that list out. The 
the teams will alternate trying to complete their lists. Each item is worth 10 points. Uh, categories that uh, the Bayou Badgers will get to pick the two they would like are list number one is the 10 unique NBA players with the most free throws made in a season. List number two is the 10 Major League Baseball players with the most postseason games played. List number three is the 10 U.S. athletes who have won the most Summer Olympic medals. And lastly, for our guest, list four is the 10 Minnesota Golden Gophers with the most career rushing yards. So obviously, if they want, the Bayou Badgers could uh, take that one away from Hugh, but the question is, do they know enough Gophers running backs? Uh, clarifying question. Is that career collegiate rushing yards? Yes. Okay. I was just double Yes. It, yes. Okay. While, while member of the Minnesota Golden Gophers, career collegiate rushing yards. Thank you. Um, so we're going to go with uh, the MLB most games played in the postseason and the Minnesota career rushing yards leaders. Oh, oh look at Ooh. that. Oh, they're taking it from you, Hugh. Ooh. That was Trevor's idea. Don't blame me. I'm just a messenger. All right. So then that will leave for the Timber Sonics the uh, NBA players with the most free throws made in a season and the U.S. athletes who have won the most Summer Olympic medals. Bayou Badgers, which list do you guys want to start with? Let's do postseason. Games played first. All right. Well, why don't you take some time and work on your list? We have our list. We'll go ahead and check in. Okay. So just let me know uh, what you got. We have Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams, Mariano Rivera, Chipper Jones, David Justice, Yadier Molina, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz. And our wild card, Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon. Okay. Bayou Badgers have successfully named eight of the ten. Uh, number one on the list, Derek Jeter. Number two, Jorge Posada. Number three, Bernie Williams. Number four, David Justice. Number five, Manny Ramirez. Number six, Yadier Molina. Number eight, Mariana Rivera and number 10 Chipper Jones. So Timber Sonics, you have numbers seven and nine that you can possibly steal from them. Okay. Cardinals or could it be Al could it be pool holes? Okay. But after he left, he really didn't play in any play. He hasn't played any That's playoffs. true. The, yeah, they haven't really been that successful with the Angels. Oh. That's true. Um, so what do you think? Let's, it's only two spots. So let's, I think Matt Carpenter is one of them. Cause okay, I think let's... he's been, I think he's been with this, the, the, um, the Cardinals almost as long as, as Molina. Okay. So we'll say Matt Carpenter for one and for the other uh, one, Justin Turner. Sure. And Justin Turner. Unfortunately, neither of those two make the top 10. 
Number seven was uh, New York Yankee Tino Martinez. Mm-hmm. And number nine was Kenny Lofton. Well, I was thinking I was thinking about those Indians teams, but I just, but couldn't, for the I just couldn't get there. Derek Jeter is considerably ahead of everybody else at 158 postseason games played. Uh, second, Jorge Posada's what 125 was. So, I mean, not a big surprise that Jeter yeah. had that many, but I knew that list was a 90s Yankees dominated list as far as yeah who was on that. That's why our list was made up of a lot of those names. Yeah, at first I looked at World Series, but then that really meant you'd have to stretch to uh, bygone eras of. It's it's a it's a tougher to narrow in on that list. So I thought, even though there's some big names, I thought let's just yeah. keep it as postseason, where it keeps it kind of well for the most part, you know, ninety five ish plus, you know, after with the wild card and all that. So for that first uh, list, the Bayou Badgers got eighty, and unfortunately, the Timber Sonics got zero. But it is now the Timber Sonics' time to work on one of their lists. Which list are you guys going to go with first? the free throws throws. all right take some time to come up with your list all right i think we're gonna check in okay i'll start uh with your list on the 10 unique nba players with the most free throws made in a season i will say this is tough because you gotta think about the way teams are calling foul or i mean the way the game is officiated now as opposed to back then but our 10 are James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, Russell Westbrook, Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Allen Iverson, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The Timber Sonics have identified two Top 10. Michael Jordan is number three, um, as well as he also holds the 13th spot. But uh, And number seven was James Harden, um, who holds the the seventh spot, as well as the ninth, 14th, and 15th, just to to let you know. Doesn't surprise me. Um, Russell Westbrook is the 11th in the unique list, uh, actually 18th on the full list. So there are eight possible names for the Bayou Badgers to steal. You're thinking about a lot of newer names, but they, they list a lot of newer names. Yeah. I'm thinking these are going to be older guys then if that's the case, because they picked everyone from like the 2010s and two thousands pretty much that would have made it. So, so some names we had thrown out already, um, just toss out Reggie Miller. I feel like I've heard of him being a free free throw guy. Rick Barry. I feel like he's prolific as a free throw shooter. Yeah. I mean, he was really efficient with it. So I feel like that's a possibility. Couldn't tell you how often he got to the line, but when like he went to the line and he made them, which is also, I think what's true of Reggie Miller. Yeah. I like Wilt as an answer just because they would foul him all the time, even though he's like 50% from his career. Like that was the way that you would stop him is you would foul him and get to the free throw line. And he was scoring 50 points a game. So should we we assume Shaq is on the list too? uh, That's where I don't think he's going to be on there. I mean, he's around that percentage, but I don't think so. Um, You feel good about 
We can go. I'm, I'm fine with going with Wilt. Just yeah. So we have Wilt, Barry, Miller, Miller, Jerry West is attempting one just because he was a pretty good scorer back in the day. I feel like he was pretty efficient from the free throw line, from what I remember. I just don't, I don't know necessarily about it, that kind of era as far as like being specific about players that were super efficient free throws. Yeah. Are there any newer guys they didn't? But you might want to list. I feel like we're, we're going to have to pick people that scored a lot. Uh, I like Kevin Durant as an option. Yeah, I was, I was just going to throw out that name. You He's a pretty efficient free throw shooter. He's a pretty dominant scorer. I'm just trying to think of other names. Paul Pierce is maybe Pierce, could be on there. Ray Allen. I know you mentioned him. Did Ray Allen shoot free throws well? I don't remember. Probably. He's a good, he's a good shooter. Yeah, I, I, I put Pierce above Allen if we're looking at yeah, volume. Yeah, I would too. Any other older names? I'm trying to think like big point scores that would get that. Like maybe physical guards that maybe did guys like Tim Duncan get to the line? Uh, I don't, I don't know if, how many he would have right, yeah, made or where he'd be on there. I don't, I don't hate Is that it, as an answer. I know because yeah. obviously we have to have eight names here, so we're gonna have to. Yeah, we're at, we're at six so far that I have down. We have six down right now. So Will Barry, Miller, West, KD, and Pierce. Paul Pierce is what, is what I put for now. Okay, yeah. And um, see do you think guys? Else. Do you think guys like Oscar Robertson are on this list? Do you think some of those older guys? That's a possibility. Obviously, to average a triple double in a season, he's going to have to be, you know, close to the rim getting those rebounds. So there's yeah. a potential for him to have shot a lot of free throws, and he was a guys pretty like, good scorer as well. So I don't. I think that's on the on the other end. Uh, do you think guys like Steve Nash or Dirk? I don't know. Okay. I'm just, yeah. I mean, I don't mind putting one of those on there as the last one. If yeah, you Steve want, Nash I don't stuck out, stuck like out this, in my mind. this is kind of, I'm fine with that. Like I said, we have eight names. We might as well just put whatever. If yeah, we have okay, kind of so some strong feelings, we might as well just so, go for them. All right. We will check Josh. We will check in with Reggie Miller, Rick Barry, Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, Kevin Durant, Paul Pierce, Oscar Robertson and Steve Nash. Hey, Bayou Badgers has have successfully stolen five oh. from the list. Um, they identified number one, Jerry West, uh, with 840. Um, he's also 17th on the overall list. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain's number two. Uh, no, Oscar Robertson is number five, as well as 10, 12, and 21. Kevin Durant is sixth as well as 19th. And Rick Barry was number eight. The three that were not um, identified are number four, Adrian Dantley. Number nine, Moses Malone. And number 10, Charles Barkley. And when I say number nine for Moses Malone, he's actually the 11th on the list. And Charles Barkley, who's 10, is actually 16th on the overall list. So... Uh, other names after Westbrook uh, were Carl Malone, Mac Kelvin, Kobe Bryant, and Bob Pettit. So the the top fifteen actually fill the top twenty five spots. So there were a number of guys who obviously held those multiple spots. Okay, so now we have the Bayou Badgers trying to identify the 10 Golden Gophers with the most collegiate career rushing yards. Also known as Trevor giving me names, and I'll just sit back and be like, yeah, those are those are running backs. Those are guys that got running rushing yards. 
I might be able to pull maybe a couple <laughs> names here. I have to think about it. All right, we'll take a few minutes to come up with your list. We're ready to check in. All right, we're checking in with Daryl Thompson, Rodney Smith, Lawrence Maroney, Marion Barber, Marion Mar- Marion Barber II, Muhammad Ibrahim, David Cobb, and then Johnson, Jones, and Williams. Okay. Um, oh, I have to figure out how I'm gonna how I'm gonna score this. Okay. I hope this doesn't get controversial, okay. but I'm going to award you six of the ten. You have identified Daryl Thompson, who's number one overall, number two, Rodney Smith, number three, Lawrence Maroney. You identified number seven, Marion Barber Jr. You also identified number eight, David Cobb, and number nine, Mohammed Ibrahim. Those are the six I am awarding you points for. So there are four names. Um available for Timber Sonics to steal. You'd think you didn't give him credit for Marion Barber the third. Right. Because so, yeah. the Mar- yeah, the Marion Barber that played for Dallas is Marion Barber the third. Yes. Mm-hmm. And his and father was the person, but he was he was the second. He was Marion yeah. Barber the second. Right. So so that's yeah. I, I, I think I scored it the way I should have. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's you totally did. fair. That's yeah. totally fair. So, so I have Marion Barber the third. I have Chris Darkens. Sure. Tellus Redman and Thomas Tapay. Ooh, Tapay, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I'm good with those. Okay, we're going with uh, Mary Barber the third, Chris Darkens, Tellus Redman, and Thomas Tapay. You have identified two of the Ooh. remaining four. Yeah. Uh, you identified number five, Marion Barber the third. <laughs> And number six, Chris Darkins. Uh, tell, tell us Redmond is 13th. You missed number four, Thomas Hamner, oh. who played from 1996 to 1999. Bumble at Penn State when he really didn't. And number 10, Amir Pinnix, who oh. played from 2004 to 2007. Um, others in the top 15 are Gary White, Shannon Brooks, yep. Had him too. Uh, we said Tellus Redman already. Uh, Dwayne Bennett and a quarterback made the top 15, Ricky, Ricky Foggy. Foggy. So nice strategy by Bayou Badgers to steal some of those uh, gopher players away from Hugh. So now, uh, Timber Sonics, you get the last list of the U.S. athletes who have won the most Summer Olympic medals. Okay, there it is. Uh, we're going to check in. Yep, that's it. All right. Let me know your list. Michael Phelps, Gabby Douglas, Ryan Lochte, Carl Lewis, Dara Torres, uh, Michael Johnson, Nathan Adrian, Gail Devers, Mark Smith, Spart Spitz, and Smith. That's a lucky Smith. Timber Sonics, have I successfully identified five? Of the top 10, uh, they identified number one, uh, no surprise, Michael Phelps. He had 28, just crazy. Um, tied for second, Ryan Lochte with 12. Uh, Dana Torres also tied for second. 
Uh, tied for sixth, Mark Spitz. Uh, tied for ninth, Carl Lewis. So there are five spots left, a, a two that are tied for second, two that are tied for sixth, and one that is tied for ninth. Uh, Nathan Adrian, to let you know, is tied for 12th. All right, Mason. Uh, just trying to look over the names that they didn't say that we already had. Right. Uh, I like Katie Ledecky. Yeah, I, I like her. I think Missy Franklin might maybe be on there. I don't. Yeah, she, was I'm trying there for, to... she was there for a couple of, couple Olympics. Yeah, um, that's why I'm thinking about that. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Natalie Coughlin. Yep, is another. Yeah, I forgot about her. I I, yeah, I know she's a gold. She's a gold medalist, but I don't know how many she won either. Yeah, there's other there's other names like Elizabeth Beisel. There's is there too for swimmers for uh, American swimmers. Yeah, um, I also threw out. Walsh and Misty May Trainer because they were together for a while. I don't know how many events they would compete in an Olympics and if it would be enough to get on this list. I mean, I don't know if there's more than one for them. Yeah, that's so why I'm trying to like I just know they were together for a while. They were dominant. I just don't know how many medals you could win in volleyball in an Olympics. I don't think it's many. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a mixed beach volleyball. Yeah. But that's a good answer. I mean, they were they were dominant for so long. Right. Yeah. And then we also threw out Flojo. Jackie Joyner, Kersey. Yes, that's and then we could we could throw Missy Franklin on there if you want. Yeah, sure, sure. That'd be our five. I think because right. I'm I'm thinking it's going to be pretty much swimming and track. There might be a couple. Yeah. There might be a weird one out there, but when you're thinking about like a lot of events in a particular field, like those are the two you would latch yeah. on to. Yeah, yeah. I think we're I think we're in a good place if we go with those. Maybe there's some yeah. random sport that has a guy guy or girl who is like there for. 20 years but so there's like a fencing champion or weightlifting yeah. or something yeah so we're going to check in with katie ledecky missy franklin allison felix flojo and jackie joiner kersey fortunately bio badgers have identified zero of the remaining <sighs> five Yikes. they did uh, uh you did identify number 11 allison felix uh, um she is 11th all by herself uh, you had, you did name one of the two who were tied at second, but you didn't go with them. Natalie Coughlin. Oh, um, also tied at number two is Jenny Thompson, who is a swimmer from 1992 to 2004. The two others tied for sixth with Mark Spitz are Matt Biondi, a swimmer from 1984 to 1992. Uh, here's the odd one that uh, is a who for me as well. So. Carl Osborne for shooting from 1912 to 1924. And then there's one more swimmer tied for ninth, and that is Gary Hall Jr. Sure. Uh, the other names that are tied for 12th with eight total medals are Ray Uri, Allison Schmidt, Jason Lezak, and Shirley Babishoff. Ray Uri was a standing, he had polio. And he was a standing broad jumper and high jumper back when they had that event. It, yeah, it was 1900 to 1908. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. They had the standing broad jump and the standing high jump, and he dominated. So, yes. Oh, interesting. So, eight of the top 10 were swimmers, which isn't a huge surprise. They just have that, they have that many more, even than the track athletes typically. Um, that they can compete in, especially if you're at the top and you're on all the different relay teams. There's just a lot of opportunities. So, uh, yeah, eight swimmers, 
one athlete, which is the track and field, and one shooter. So after the third quarter, we have the following scores. Timber Sonics are at 360, and the Bayou Badgers are pulling away a little bit at 450. But as we like to say, it is still anybody's ball game. And that brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as put your fours up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. And the categories for today are as follows. Question one, Minnesota. Question two, hashtag. Question three, never. Question four, enough. Question five, Minnesota. So (laughs) the first Minnesota is in reference to the NBA. Hashtag is in reference to social media. Never is in reference to college basketball. Enough is in reference to the NFL. And the last Minnesota is in reference to Major League Baseball. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one in the category of Minnesota. It was announced that Alex Rodriguez and what billionaire are in the process of finalizing a deal to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves? We're checking. Okay, Timbersonics have checked in. Bayou Badges, you guys can talk it out. Okay. <laughs> this is I so obviously, Yeah, I know. I obviously remember the... The A-Rod part of it. I don't the A-Rod part the, is the part I remember. Yeah. Billionaires. I mean, I'm trying to think who would buy it with A-Rod. I'm trying to think of companies that would have big, you know, guys that would be billionaires that would buy something like that. But if it was another like name that's just instantly recognizable, I feel like I would know it, but I don't. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm just trying to think of billionaires that would buy basketball teams that don't already have one. Yeah. I don't think I know it. I don't think I'm going to pull it, Mason. I just don't. Uh, think, I'm just trying. Because I remember reading an article recently about it. I just skimmed the part where the billionaire, but damn, I don't have anything for it. Yeah. I don't even have a name. Come up with some random guy. This is, kind of, this is kind of pathetic, but Richard Branson. I have no idea. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's not Richard Branson, but <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I would remember it, but I'm just trying to think of like really rich guys that would. Yeah possibly do something i'm trying to think if there's any minnesota billionaires but nothing comes to mind immediately like the owner of target or something yeah something like that i don't i don't even yeah i got nothing i i truly have nothing so nope so, so are we going with richard branson then? We're, we're checking we're checking with richard branson hey and timber sonics what do you guys have for an answer last name's lori l-o-r-e and we're going for 100 points Oh, yes. And uh, Bio Badges, how much did you guys wager on yours? We wagered 50 points. One team will be getting their points. The other will be losing their points. The correct answer is Mark Laurie. I mean, I couldn't ask the, I couldn't ask the, you know, Alex Rodriguez part. Everybody knows that. The billionaires in Minnesota already own sports teams. Pull at family and the other one's selling it to Laurie and Rodriguez. Yeah. Are the is is are the Dayton family? Are they not uh, in the Dayton billions? Be up there, yeah. The McMillans. But uh, yeah, um, Fergal, yeah. 
Oh, just a little flavor text. It doesn't have to do with Mark Laurie, but uh, when asked if he was a fan of Alex Rodriguez growing up, Anthony Edwards said, a fan? Who is he? Followed by, yeah, nah, I don't know who he, who that is. That sounds like he owes $5 to Bombac. <laughs> Use who? <laughs> when you mention an athlete, who? <laughs> well... We have a we have a score lead change after the first question. The Timber Sonics are now up to 460, and the Bayou Badgers are down to 400. Moving on to question two in the category of hashtag, who is the most followed athlete on Twitter with 91.7 million followers? We're gonna check in. Okay, the Timber Sonics have checked in. So Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. We were pretty close to checking in too. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about global Twitter followers, it's got to be soccer. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't think of it being much else. I mean, LeBron might be the only other option right. as far as that, but you have to talk about worldwide appeal. Yeah. Soccer is going to take that for sure. To me, Ronaldo is the biggest name still. Yeah, I, I'm thinking it's either Ronaldo or Messi. I like Ronaldo a lot better as more of that kind of personality that that would have that many. So, want to check that in? Yeah, let's do that. We'll check in uh, Ronaldo for 50 points. Okay, and Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? You sent over two names, Messi or Ronaldo. I said Ronaldo for the handsome factor. So we have also checked in with Ronaldo for 60 points. And both teams will be earning their points. The correct answer is indeed Cristiano Ronaldo. He ranks fifth overall behind only Barack Obama, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, and Rihanna. Uh, The second most followed athlete is Neymar with 53.1 million followers. And LeBron James is the most followed U.S. athlete with 49 million followers. Handsome factor. Handsome factor. And, uh, yeah, and for Neymar, too. More handsome than Messi. So. Timbersonics have gained another 10 points to their lead. They're up to 520. Bayou Badgers uh, holding in at 450. Moving on to question three in the category of never. There are four teams who have been eligible for every NCAA men's basketball tournament to have never made the big dance. One is currently playing in the Colonial Athletic Association. One is currently playing in the Northeast Conference. One is currently playing in the Patriot League. And one is currently playing in the Southern Conference. Name one of these four teams. We'll check in. Okay, the Timber Sonics have checked in. Bayou Badges, you guys can talk it out. The only thing I can latch on to, and I don't even know if they've been eligible the whole time, I know University of Maine has never made it. I don't know what conference they're in. I don't know if they've been eligible every tournament to make it. Yeah, Have they been a school long enough? That's, that's the thing I'm running into because we're talking from the 1940s is when you know the first champions were, right. late 30s, early 40s. So it's got to be someone that's been around Yeah, that makes me that think, long. So this, with how long, how old this is, makes me think East, East Coast. Okay. Because yeah. those schools are going to have, have been around longer. Wish I had more for you. Yeah, I'm happy to go with Maine if we just want to give an answer. And it's, 
I know they haven't made the dance. It's just the question of, or yeah. have they been eligible the entire time to make it? Based on their geography, Northeast would make sense as far as yeah. a conference they would be in because they're obviously in the Northeast. Yeah. So I'm we could just go with that then. Yeah. All, right. All right. So we'll check in uh, the University of Maine for 50 points. Hey, and Timbersonics, what do you guys have? Well, you just said the only state that has a Division One school that hasn't made had one yet has been Maine, and I think they're in the Northeast Conference. So we also checked in with Maine for sixty. Unfortunately, both teams will be losing points. Ooh! Um, while Maine is a team who hasn't made the tournament, they have not been eligible for all of the tournaments. That's what I was worried about. Yeah, that's yeah. The four schools um, are College of William and Mary, St. That's Francis, a really old school. St. <laughs> Francis College, uh, also known as the St. is St. Francis of Brooklyn, Army, also known as the United States Military Academy, and lastly the Citadel, also known as the Military College of South Carolina. Uh, so there are forty other teams that Maine is a part of. Uh, who have never made the NCAA tournament. Just they haven't been a Division One. They just haven't had Division One programs okay. the whole time. So, uh, well, um, score update. We're we're back to the same difference from before the last question. Uh, Timbersonics are at four sixty. Bayou Badges are at four hundred. And now we are moving on to question four in the category of enough. George Preston Marshall, the founder of what NFL franchise, probably shouted enough at George Hallis as Hallis's Bears ran up the score en route to a 73 to nothing victory in the 1940 NFL championship game, the most one-sided victory in NFL history. We'll check in. Timbersonics have checked in. Uh, Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. So my first thought was Washington. Like right off the bat. That strikes me as that 73 to nothing score strikes me as familiar. Yeah, I remember that score in the game. For some reason, George George P. Marshall in Washington just clicks in my head, and I don't know why. Okay. Hey. Cause I wanna I wanna say when they were talking about renaming the team, they mentioned him and kind of like I guess why they started with that team name. I wanna say that him but i i'm okay. trying to think it would have to be a franchise that's been around since the 40s obviously and they've definitely been around that long yeah but that was just my first kind of like yeah gut reaction to it that's, that 73 nothing victory stands out to me i thought it was washington and the giants for some reason but but yeah if, i mean i, I know the bears were definitely the one on the bears were on the winning end of that that is washington maybe feel strongly go for it okay so uh, we will check in with Washington, if you want Washington football team, as, but they were not known by that at the time, uh, for 100 points. Hey, and the Timbersonics, what do you guys have? Uh, basically the same thing. George Preston Marshall is the most race, one of the most racist guys ever to live. He moved his team from Boston to Washington and gave it the most racist nickname you can find. It is the Washington football team. For how many points? 60. And both teams will be getting their points. The correct answer is the Washington football team. I would have also accepted uh, begrudgingly the Washington R-words, 
or the Boston Braves, because that actually was their first uh, name before they moved yeah. down to Washington. Because, you know, you had to take Braves, which is already kind of a little questionable, and then just ratchet it up tenfold. <laughs> so after the regular season victory by Washington over Chicago, 7-3, to three, uh, George Preston Marshall called the Bears, quote, crybabies and quitters. <laughs> so uh, Hallis had all those clippings posted up leading into that game. So, well, you know, it's that whole... Uh, uh, Sid Luckman had a nice day that day. Oh, what's, yeah. what's the term? I can't think of it now. Um, bulletin board material. Bulletin board material. Thank you, Marcus. Yeah, maybe that was the initial uh, impetus of it was yeah. that. because might be the first bulletin we, board. We typed it at the exact same time. I know it because of my NFL films knowledge rearing its head again. There's just a big one of the videos. They have a big thing about George Preston Marshall and the Washington team so i knew that one pretty quick i cool. think we both had it before you finished asking the question <laughs> and we both yeah we both hit enter at the exact same time that works the game is super tight now uh timber sonics are at 520 the bayou badgers are at 500 it all comes down to question five in the category of minnesota in the bottom of the 11th inning of game six of the 1991 world series what left-handed Braves pitcher did Kirby Puckett hit the game-winning home run off of? So technically, this one's Minnesota adjacent. Check in. Of course. Timber Sonics have checked in. Uh, Bayou Badgers, you guys can talk it out. I feel like this has been referenced on this podcast. I'm just trying to remember what I remember about it. It is somewhere in my brain. Okay. I'm trying as well. I can't access it, but I, yeah, okay. I'm going to be able to get there. I don't know. I can see it, but I can't. I can't. I can both see it and I can't. I don't even know if I can name a reliever off that 91 Braves team. Because, yeah. I mean, obviously they had their three pitchers and found out recently who Steve Avery was. So they had those four pitchers as far as like starters, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I can name a reliever off that team in general, let alone the one. Yeah. It's probably going to be some, well, obviously, it wouldn't be a who for Josh because he would know about this, but this is probably going to be some, I would think, some random guy pitching in the 11th just because he had to kind of situation. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. We should, shouldn't waste any more time. We'll so, do we pull the lucky last name to save us? Yeah. Here. Lucky Smith, one more time. I mean, the only Smith I know on that team was Lonnie Smith, but there might have been another one. So, yeah. 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 Let's just, Check, check it in. If, it, if it's wrong, GG's. Yeah. So we'll uh, check in Smith for 75. Okay, and Timber Sonics, what do you guys have? The guy spent most of the season as the fifth starter for the Braves, and why Bobby Cox brings in a slow-throwing left-hander to face Kirby Puckett, still nobody knows. It's Charlie Liebrand for 80 points. One team will be getting their points. The correct answer is not a reliever, typically, but a starter, Charlie Liebrandt, who did actually start one of the games in the World Series. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have anything else to say except, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Why did Bobby Cox bring in a slow-throwing lefty to face Kirby Puckett is the only question uh, anyone ever asked on I, that. I think the, I think the answer is, Maybe they didn't have anyone else in the bullpen by the 11th inning of game six. That's what my logic was. I was like, this is probably a guy they just had to pull to use just because. 
So, I mean, had you gone with Avery, you would have had another left-handed pitcher at least. But I didn't know he's a lefty. I just know he was on that team because they mentioned on the OT that I listened to today. <laughs> yes, they he mentioned was a lefty, him. but he was he was not the the pitcher. He had a little more velocity though than Charlie Liebrand. Uh, yes, um, they did have two other lefties besides Avery and Liebrand, uh, Kent Merker and Mike Stanton. Which who probably had a better chance against Kirby Puckett than Charlie Liebrand. Uh, my guess is they must have not had any more right-handed arms in the bullpen. I, I don't remember, but you wouldn't bring in a lefty to lead right. off the 11th right. pitching to Kirby Puckett. But anyway, the game has come to an end. And here are the final scores. Bayou Badgers finished up with a score of 425. And our clipboard captains of the game will be receiving the coveted Wade Wilson Award with 600 points is the Timbersonics. Congratulations, guys. Great okay. job, Hugh. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll start and just say, Hugh, thank you because for battling through my best efforts to drag you down to the depths of hell with whatever my brain was at today. So I appreciate you coming on and i'm glad uh i'm glad i wasn't answering your questions today and just uh being able to bounce stuff off you so that was a lot it was a lot better than uh your first appearance for me i think uh, yeah I had, a, I had a great time josh great game um, thanks thanks i and i didn't try to go too minnesota heavy in general throughout the whole game yeah um I don't know. the the categories was just a fun dig that's all and it, that's how it worked out Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Trevor, yeah. Macy, you guys got anything you want to say? No, GGs, well played. Uh, as soon as as soon as uh, Hugh checked in so quick on that last question, I knew I was in for it. So yeah, that's- yeah, I, I kind of figured he would. <laughs> yeah. wasn't surprised. You, you probably you probably know that play like oh. that, moment, that moment like the back of your hand. I pull out Game Six and Game Seven of the '91 World Series every so often. And just uh, just to have a good time watching it. So, and it just lets you know, I I I I knew that one, but like to be honest, if you'd asked me who did Gene Larkin get the game-winning hit off of in Game Seven, I, I don't have that in my head. Like, the, there's certain I don't ones. Remember that one? I, I and probably because it wasn't Kirby Puckett, it wasn't a home run, even though it was All I remember the most important scored. hit, right? Remember, it's Dan Gladden scored. Dan Gladden scored. Gene Larkin hit the, you know, hit it over the outfielder's head. That's all. But yeah, um, yeah. So Hugh, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. Thanks for writing that previous game. Um, I had a great I, time. I did have a few of my questions that that went back into the some of the era of your questions, but not too many. Really appreciate and, and appreciate the fact that you you give us a listen and uh, give us your time, Trevor. Welcome to. You were the inaugural member of the five-timer club. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope you appreciate that. And, and uh, I'm three behind if you count my game. I host. <laughs> hosting games counts because Trevor, one of Trevor's yes. five, is as a host. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do plan to get um, a custom shirt made, uh, five-timers club for the BTP. I'll wear it every day, whenever I'm doing. You know, you, you probably could just uh, float that over to uh, Matt and Eric, and they would uh, 
they would get our art guy probably working on something that you could buy over at T Public if you wanted. I, so I know we have some footy stuff might maybe coming to T Public. So <laughs> ah. check the site. Yeah, so you know we're always coming up with some new things. So for if anybody wants to to walk around repping uh, Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, you can go to tpublic.com. Trevor, also thanks for being a supporter on Patreon. Really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, no, uh, thanks for playing, guys. Uh, uh, one maybe more wasn't as easy as I initially was thinking it would be, but you know, hopefully you guys had fun. One more thing: make sure you sign your donor card and let people know that you signed it. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch, stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes, yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.